This is the Inkable Science Show. This is the Beat 97.9 FM. Welcome to another edition of the Inkabas Sign Show. My name is Aloran Tobar Yusuf. Thank you for joining us today. Remember, the show comes your way every Monday, 9 o'clock till 9.45. And on Thursdays at 5 p.m., we bring you a big broadcast of each episode. So basically, in case you're just joining us for the first time on the Inkabas Sign Show, we'll look at different science-related topics. We'll bring experts into in the science field into the studio to help us dissect all of these topics uh, so we can understand understand them so today we're looking at um, why lead is so toxic lead of course is a highly poisonous chemical element because it interferes with numerous enzymes inside a cell of living organisms and is capable of causing harm to us as human beings so how is this chemical able to do all of this what are the common sources of lead in our environment that's exactly what we'll be looking at on today's edition of the Incubus science show so our expert today is professor john anato is the head of department chemical pathology college of medicine here Anybody. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank Good morning. You. Okay, so um, l- let's start off with um, the lead chemical. I've heard a lot about it as well, especially from uh, climate experts who talk about how toxic it is to the environment and how we might have even uh, consumed it without even knowing and how some of the uh, problems, health problems we're having could be as a result of our consumption of lead. So let's start off with the chemical itself and its component. Thank you very much. Um, I'm glad to be here this morning to talk about lead. We're glad to have you as well. Yes, thank you. And I hope that the program will be flexible enough to give me opportunity to say a few things about uh, other toxicants. Okay. Yes. Now, lead is we call a ubiquitous environmental toxicant, Okay. uh, which is present everywhere. When you say ubiquitous, it means it's everywhere. And then <clears throat> we get it from paint, from petrol, from toys, from pigments, from water, from wood depot. Even here in the studio, some of the equipment you use contain lead in the panel. And when you dispose of them, these are not usually properly disposed of. At times, people even set them on fire. They dump them at uh, uh, waste sites and yeah. then they set they them burn on them. fire and then... Eventually, it is released and uh, gets into the environment. One of the most uh, recognized source of lead was the corporation of uh, an organic form of lead called tetraethyl lead, and also another one, tetramethyl lead, into petrol in the 1920s, uh, starting in the United States. And it was to enhance acceleration and to serve as an anti-knock, and that served as... Uh, a source of environmental pollution, you know, with lead. And of course, uh, a lot of adverse effects followed, particularly on the brain. Uh, the bone marrow weight may cause uh, anemia. It affects uh, the reproductive system, can cause uh, <coughs> abortion. And uh, adverse birth outcome in women can also affect our immune system um, it can damage the kidneys. In fact, lead is described as a multi-organ poison. There's no system in the body that is spared. Hmm. You know, so it is also considered the oldest known poison. Indeed, it is said that the collapse of the Roman Empire 
was largely due to lead. Though that has really? become <laughs> yes, that has become constatable. And I'm glad yeah. to say that the person who made that connection is a Nigerian, Professor Jerome Uriago, who used to be the dean of the School of Public Health in uh, Michigan, United States. Okay. Uh, recently, uh, about 1984 and I think 1997, mm. uh, some people now came up. People like John uh, Scarborough and uh, Debbie from France. Uh, contesting that no, it is not a uh, lead that contributed, but Uriago maintains his stance mm. and it's still widely heard that the collapse of the Roman Empire is largely attributable to overexposure to lead. This was because you know you have this uh, uh, social strata, mm. the nobles thought that to exert their class, they should drink from vessels and pipes. Uh, made of lead and of course mm. gradually it kept leaching into their water and then it affected them it affected their brain it affected their reproduction and it is believed that that largely contributed to the collapse of the roman empire so not the politics not the war not the politics lead. The war, lead, <laughs> yes lead. interesting i i think when you put it that way that they started drinking water from the pipes yes. and everything so yes. it, it makes more sense yes. so um you, you you said that is a very powerful from your ex- explanation it's yes. actually very powerful yes. and um there are other toxicants so before yes. we look at the uh, common sources of lead in our environments. Yes. Let's, look, let's look at the other toxicants that you said you wanted to mention yes. on the program earlier. Well, we often focus on lead. Yes. But there are other toxicants. You know, uh, in the environment, we have arsenic, we have cadmium, we have mercury. I will just briefly talk about cadmium and uh, arsenic. Cadmium also created a problem. Interestingly, usually, people uh, often identify toxic states with what they call mystery disease. You know, um, in Japan, specifically the Fujiturama Prefecture, there was this so-called mystery disease affecting uh, postmenopausal women. They were falling ill. Nobody knew what was wrong with them. Mm. And then there was a global search. Many health experts went there. Their limbs were limp. They were painful and all that. So when people attempted to leave the limb, the people would be saying, Ush, ush, itai, itai. So for want of name for the disease, they call the, those diseases ush, ush, uh, itai, ush, itai. ush or itai, itai. That's, <laughs> and that's how it's documented in uh, science today. But yeah. later it was found that it's actually a form of osteoporosis as a result of the interference of uh, cadmium with calcium. You know, calcium is a very important element, essential for many things. Lead also has that problem. I've not actually discussed about how lead exerts its toxic effect. We'll, we'll get to that. Yes, yes. We'll get so there as well. That is it. So it was identified as uh, interference with uh, uh, calcium metabolism and that the problem was actually osteoporosis. But today it's still known as itai, itai, or ush, ush, which means it hurts, it hurts, or it's painful, it's painful. Interesting. Yes. Also from Japan, there was another problem with... Uh, Mercury is also a big um, toxicant that is known, but that affects the brain. Mm. It's what you call um, uh, Miyamata disease, Minamata disease, you know, which is actually a form of neuropathy as a result of exposure to lead. The, the, the science is very interesting. People who were manufacturing plastic used um, mercury as part of the component, then they deposited the waste in the sea. Then the sea organism converted the inorganic lead to a more toxic form, which we call methyl lead. Then fish ate them, other uh, sea animals ate them. Then there was what we call biomagnification, that is the mm-hmm. concentration of lead in, of, uh, 
mercury increased, the man ate it, the concentration was now very high, and of course it affected the brain, mm. you know, so, and caused a form of uh, uh, neuropathy. So that is, uh, those are some other, you know, of course we have pesticides, we have benzene, which comes from petrol. You may have heard of the problem that was reported recently at a later area of uh, uh, Ibadan, mm. where petrol was seeping into water to the extent that when the water was poured on the ground and match was struck, it ignited, it you know. Mm. So, and there are many, 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 many others. People using carbide to preserve uh, food, food, the waste from, uh, um, um, what do you call them now, um, welders. People use them. These are toxicants, you know. People use uh, gamalin 20 to kill fish, you know. And all these contribute to some of the problems mm. we have, you know. Today we talk about things like cancer and all that. Uh, nobody is sure of the exact cause, but some of these things interfere with the biological mechanism that um, um, maintain um, the biological function mm. intact. And of course, signaling, transduction, when all those are interfere with, of course, eventually they can spiral into problems like cancer. Okay. So l- l- let's now look at the common sources of lead before getting to how uh, it, um, these, what it uses to exert itself in yes. the environment and um, become a major popular toxicant okay. uh, to humans. So let's look at the common sources, first yes. of all, around us. Okay. Yeah. So I would just uh, say that one of them is battery. You know, Battery. Yeah, but before then, let me just quickly mention that. Why is lead a problem in occupations and the environment? Mm. It's actually the properties. Lead is a bluish-gray metal, very soft, it's malleable, it's ductile, it's resistant to corrosion, you know? So these are the things that made them made lead very useful and uh, became commercially very important. So you find that most products also, uh, lead paints are known to be very useful and resistant to corrosion. So you find that it's put into pigment, it's put into paint, it's put into plastic to harden them. Even in cigarette smoke, you have some people, some metals, you know. Hmm. I'll give you an instance. Sometime in India, a man said he wanted to uh, eat what, grow what he consumed. So he grew his uh, millet and everything yeah. and milled it with uh, a grinder that he prepared himself, but made of metal that contained lead. Oh. Years later, he developed a kind of disease and nobody was sure what it was until eventually they found that they took him to the hospital, analyzed his uh, biological specimen, and they found that the lead level was very high. And of course, it was traceable to the metal he used to mill his millet. Mm-hmm. So these are things, you know. So you find it virtually everywhere. The newspapers, you know, the ink you use. In fact, it's believed that colored ink contains more lead than uh, black and white. So when you set such th- uh, things on fire, of course, you are releasing lead. Then paints in the home, some of them start peeling away. In our environment, of course, lead cannot be destroyed. You release them into the environment, eventually they get into the soil, they get into dust. And it is believed that in the developing countries where dust is poorly managed, of course, we can see the level mm-hmm. of dust, particularly now during the, the Hamatan, yeah. a lot of lead in the soil can go up and children can play with this and, of course, they can lick their fingers and then they take in lead. So, so many sources from plastic, from petrol, from battery, from paint. It used to be petrol. That has been reduced now, but that has not eliminated the problem. Toys. Toys. Toys, yes, toys. There was a time, 
America had to sanction China and uh, the Asian continent on the type of toys they bring into their country because they were found toys, to, toys, yes, toys, toys, mm. toys. In fact, there was a apart. You know, we talked about lead. I'll just mention quickly a case that was reported about another toxic and cadmium, like I just said. Yes. You know, some of these metals are used to coat so-called uh, precious metal. You say, oh, it's silver, it's gold. Some mm. of them are really not. Now there was this uh, family where they decorated their little baby with uh, a kind of necklace, which was made of cadmium, largely, but coated with something that looked like gold mm. or silver. And this child was always licking the, the, the jewelry they put on her neck. You know, day in, day out, day in, day out, and suddenly fell ill. Nobody was sure what the problem was. And of course, uh, science, you have to analyze a lot of things and all that, and eventually it was found that the cadmium level was very high in the blood. And they were wondering what was the source. Of course, they took everything, including that necklace, mm. analyzed it, and found that it was the source of... Uh, the uh, cadmium that uh, made the child ill. So these are... So the, the necklace the child was wearing, how yes. is it that it made the child ill? Penetrated through the skin? No. The time, you know, I said that yeah. even though it looked like silver or gold, yes. but actually it is made of uh, cadmium with, yeah. coated with uh, maybe silver. Then mm. over the period the child was licking it, oh. licking it, then it got to the uh, system to this uh, to the uh, cadmium content uh, mm. the cadmium component of it so it was taking in cadmium bit by bit bit by bit bit by bit until it got to a very toxic level so that is it so there are many toxic but lead is the most important and of course i will not end this discussion hopefully without talking about the problem that happened in zamfara i don't know whether you've heard about zamfara mm. lead poisoning is uh, prehistoric and many nations i just mentioned rome but Nigeria now is also in the picture. Nigeria and Senegal, mm. where it is known that those are the areas where they have been the highest expo- exposure of the population to lead. You know? And of course, uh, maybe I didn't mention that mining. Because Zamfara is home to miners. Mining yes. was also a great... So, and what happened in Zamfara? There you have people who are illegal miners. You know? Yes. Um, uh, what you call people who are really not licensed. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, miners. So they go to uh, mine rocks. You know, lead exists in all, you know. And of course, in the process of looking for precious metals like gold, they also release a lot of lead into the environment. And then they will bring this home to grind and all that in their homes, uh, no use of uh, protective equipment and all that. And of course, children, because of their poorly developed physiology, uh, small body size, were the first to manifest with uh, symptoms. Mm. So. A lot of them were falling very ill. In fact, a number of them died. The reference range for lead usually is considered to be at between uh, 0 and 10 micrograms per deal. It has dropped now to about 5. In fact, in some places, they are saying 2 micrograms. In those children, there were levels as high as 400 micrograms per deal. And many of them manifested the uh, classical symptoms, encephalopathy, and so on. Uh, that people are known to go down with with lead. And of course, people didn't know what it was. They, as I said before, they say, oh, a strange disease. And shamefully, Nigeria couldn't help itself. They had to bring in so-called experts from outside, uh, doctors uh, without borders, uh, CDC, uh, National Institute of Health, uh, the um, 
um, was it from the UK, another organization, mm. you know, and it was they who came to tell us that it was late president. But then, when it happened, it coincided with the time there was a vaccination for meningitis. So the people said that it was the vaccine that was being seen. Vaccine controversy, as we yes, have with HIV yes, today, no. was the cause of the problem. And they chased away the health workers. But then some of them were not quite reasonable because animals too were affected. Did they give vaccine to animals? <laughs> there are dogs, dogs, you know, dogs flow in water because mm. some of them threw the waste into the water. They were disappearing. Carcass of animals were seen on the street. They couldn't connect until they found out that it was lead. That was the problem. So, so it's it's with us. It's, it's everywhere. Us. You it said, is. as I'm in the studio right now, there is of you know, course, yes, lead. all these papers the in my house. There is your lead. house. Paper, so that means you cannot run away from you it. You cannot run away from it. Later, I will be saying that this is something you can't run away from. Yeah. But you can improve your what I call biological resistance. Yeah. Through nutrition, and we go into some specific. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yes, we'll get to yes, that in yes. a moment. It's the Incubus Science Show on the Beat 97.9 FM. We're discussing a very toxic metal known as lead. Our expert in the studio is Professor John Anato, Head of Department Chemical Pathology, College of Medicine here in Ibadan. We're looking at how uh, this chemical is able to do what it does and the common sources of lead in our environment, which is as he has answered very shortly. So we'll um, take a short break. When we'll get back, we'll continue the conversation. We'll also uh, open the phone lines for you to be a part of the discussion. You can call 0700 one thousand nine seven nine. If you have any questions for our guests in the studio, that's after this break. Don't go away. Dad, why does the sun follow me everywhere I go? I think it's actually just everywhere you go. What do you mean, Daddy? Mm, my son. Well, science explains how the Earth revolves around the sun. Interesting, Dad. I thought the Earth is a stationary object. How does it revolve around the sun? Hmm. I don't have an accurate answer for this, but I do know where to find answers. The Inkaba Science Show on the Beat 97.9 FM. Ibado. Okay, Daddy. Son, where are you off to? I'm off to tell my friends to tune in to the Inkaba Science Show. Every Monday on the Beats 97.9 FM Ibadan by 9 a.m. And also catch the repeat broadcast on Thursday by 5 p.m. We can't miss it. The Inkaba Science Show, powered by Inkaba Biotech, Africa's genomics company. This is the Inkaba Science Show. Welcome back. It's the Inkaba Science Show on the Beat 97.9 FM. We're looking at the uh, poisonous chemical lead. Why is it so toxic? Of course, it um, interferes with numerous enzymes inside the cells of living organism and is capable of causing major harm to the body. We're looking at how the chemical is able to do this and the common sources of lead in our environment. Our guest is Professor John Anato, the head of Department Chemical Pathology, College of Medicine, I hear any bad. You can call 0700 1979. 0700 1979. If you have any questions for our guests in the studio, you can also drop your message on WhatsApp 0818 9979. 0700 1979. So we've talked about uh, the sources, we've um, looked at uh, other, you know, uh, toxic materials as well. But let's go back to lead now. Uh, let's look at um, how powerful it is and um, what it actually does to the body. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, as I said before, lead is a multi-organ poison. 
Let, let's take this call, sir. Okay. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Morning, sir. Your name, where are you calling from? My name is Oji Atanda. I'm calling from Akubo. All right, Mr. Soji Atanda, go ahead. I want to thank the professor. He has actually did almost virtually everything that we only have questions to ask anymore. Mm. We appreciate his uh, robust uh, treat of the matter. Thank you, professor. Thank you. What I want to ask is, uh, as questions as great, is it still the same lead that is in our primary school children's lead pencil? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank very you very much. If, yes. If no, no, no. Excuse me. If that is so. And if uh, lead is terrible, is there anything like it and antioxidant that one can be taken to Thank eliminate such poisonous chemical in the system? Okay. All right. Thank, Thank you, Mr. Sojia Tonda. I will get back there. Thank you very much. Do I answer that straight away or? Uh, well, you, you can answer. Yes. So we'll just. Um, yes. Thank quickly. you very much, yes. Mr. Tonda, for your question. That we know some. Uh, way along the line, I said that we can't run away from labor. We have to build up our biological resistance. Mm. And one of the things I have in mind, actually, is antioxidants. One of the best sources is ascorbic acid or from oranges. You know? Uh, from the common oranges. Common orange. Mm. You know, um, it's a great uh, protectant, if you like, against many things. Uh, some of our studies and that of others have shown that People who took in uh, lead without supplementation with antioxidants, with uh, ascorbic acid, what you call vitamin C, excrete less of uh, vitamin C, mm. suggesting increased consumption to combat the toxic effect of lead. And one of the ways lead manifests its effect is through what you call free radicals. These are reactive intermediates that can damage uh, any biological system in the body, you know carbohydrate, uh, protein, uh, lipid, uh, DNA, name the tissue, uh, immunoglobulins, anything, you know. So antioxidants are very important. Zinc, too. You know, when I will be talking about the mode of action, I will talk about zinc. One of the key elements that lead targets is zinc. Mm. And recently, during COVID, the public has come to realize the importance of zinc. Yeah. It's a wonderful, uh, preeminent micronutrient present in over 200 biological enzymes that are important for maintaining health mm. and over 2,000 transcription uh, mm. factors. Let's do this call, Prof. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Your name, where are you calling from, sir? Yeah, this is John calling from Jericho. John from Jericho, go ahead. Yeah, please, uh, I want to know how fast can this lead uh, be discussed in the woman, like killing a child or killing a person? How fast can it, what? How fast can it be to kill a woman? Okay, 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 okay. If it's not oh, All right, all right. Thank you, John. Thank you. So he wants to know um, how fast it yes, operates. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, before I answer that, I would say something about what the father of toxicology, um, Paracelsus, said. He said, everything is poison. Nothing that is not poison. It is the dose that determines the poison. Hmm. So everything, even water, is toxic. So what happens is that the effect uh, sets in gradually. So it's the concentration 
For instance, if you had maybe about 5 micrograms, 10 micrograms, and so on. But like I said, like in Zamfara, there were some children with up to about 400 micrograms, when the reference range is less than 5 now. Mm. So many of them went into convulsion, encephalopathy, and of course, it doesn't just kill like that. When you have exposure to poison, you can have what you call acute, which is immediate, and you have chronic. The acute one may linger on for a couple of days, depending on the concentration. Paralyze the uh, nervous system, system, and the child can die in a couple of days, mm. you know, depending also on the, the level of exposure and the uh, level of exposure. Okay. So that is it. Mm. it, it a child could die within um, uh, two days, three days, depending on how well managed. And I will mm. just give again uh, a example. example with okay. uh, what happened. We don't have much record from America, from here, from the United States. There was a time, particularly in the 70s, when lead, also here in Nigeria until about 2003, that's when it was eliminated from our petrol. It was a very high uh, content of petrol in the United States. And now, where was this young man whose work was washing underground tanks? You know the, where petrol yeah, comes yes, from? Yes. So he goes from Mobi to Esso to uh, name the petrol station. That was his work. Clean the pipes. Cleaning the underneath. Underground, the under, yeah. underground. And one day, he just came home and collapsed and nobody was sure of what in fact there were two cases different cities in the United States mm. nobody was sure of what uh, was happening so they rushed him to the hospital of course he was unconscious so he couldn't give any history his neighbors who brought him just said well he collapsed and they didn't know so the neighbors exploited what uh, the father of occupational medicine Ramazini said he said when you've exhausted uh, um Interviewing a patient or whoever brought the patient, you will ask, What is your occupation? Hmm. So, luckily, this fellow said his work is cleaning underground tank, and that's why we have to think fast. So, the physician was attending to uh, him, said, Oh, underground tank cleaning here, lead contains um, petrol contains fuel. Can we check for uh, his lead levels? And of course, that was what they did, and they found that the lead levels were very high, along with other intermediate like data and levonic acid. A zinc protoporphyrin and all that. So immediately they put him on a chelation therapy. And the interesting thing, and that's why science is wonderful, he was unconscious, I said, as the uh, lead level was dropping because of the chelation therapy, his level of unconsciousness was what? Was rising. And that one uh, survived. Mm. There was another case in another city in the United States. Unfortunately, that one did not make it. You know, so that is it. So you find it depends on the concentration and how... Uh, quickly we are able to identify this if the Nigerian public is sufficiently sensitive to what happens there was a very interesting case in the United States, Flint in Michigan mm. when they switched from one source of supply of water to another because of economic reasons and when that happened a lot of children were falling in. they are more hair conscious than us and they were wondering what could be happening and of course a scientifically conscious society they tried to look at, uh, look at a recent uh, SWIFT and all that. So they decided to uh, check the children for lead. The children, like I said, are more suspect, susceptible yeah. because of their very vulnerable uh, nervous system. And they found that all of them had very high lead levels. And of course, it became a big problem. If you remember, uh, I think was it? No, I think it was, um, was this president I just said, uh, Donald Trump, Trump, who had to make it a campaign issue that he was going to assist the state to ensure that 
uh, the source of water was reverted Mi- back to Flint, West. Michigan. Flint, Michigan. Yes, yes. I remember. Yeah. So we also have problems like this here, but nobody uh, documents. Nobody. We see our scientific level of scientific awareness is very low. Mm. You know, it's just that I could keep sweeping from one uh, issue to the other. In Nigeria, we had a problem recently, uh, a place called Oderele, in uh, I think it's in Ondo State, where people were just falling ill. And of course, because our minds are not sufficiently scientific, they said they had offended the gods. You know? <coughs> so later it was found out that what happened was that the drink, all these Okada drivers, you know, low-class people, were mostly affected. Some of them went blind. That it was actually uh, alcohol uh, that was uh, adulterated with methanol. Methanol is a very toxic uh, form of alcohol. Of course, which affects uh, the, uh, Sight. the sight, the nerve supplying the... Um, the the eyes, the, the you know, and a number of other things. Luckily, in UCH, we were able to show that it was a, a case of methanol toxicity. So, so lead is very powerful, it highly is. poisonous. So, yes. let's look at um, how it um, operates yes. within the body. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, that's the heart of it. And yes. Now, what happens is that I say lead is a multi-organ toxicant yes. or multi-system toxicant. Or poison. Now, what happens is that many of these so-called uh, toxic substances do not have their pathway of disposal or metabolism, as we call it, in the body. So they share the pathways established for essential metabolism that maintain health. So what they do is basically they interfere with essential pathways, and one of them is interference with calcium. Hmm. Calcium is so central to body physiology. So what it does is that it interferes. In fact, one of another father of toxicology, uh, Ophelia, said the lead stream flows in the calcium stream and that most of the adverse effects of lead can be attributable to its interference with calcium. So of course we know that calcium is involved in uh, neural transmission hmm. Involved in bone formation, bone. it's involved in bulk, uh, blood coagulation, it's involved in transduction, it's actually called the second messenger. So it's involved in so signaling and what have you. So lead interferes with that. The other one is that lead is a chelate of some very important um, biological um, components called tile or sulfidry group. And these are very important uh, components of the uh, active site of enzyme. So lead kills them and inactivates uh, those enzymes. So mm. they can't exert their physiological function. That's one. Of course, I uh, mentioned uh, zinc also. Zinc, I said, is involved in so many enzymes, so many transcription factors. It's a part of a very powerful antioxidant. So, uh, so uh, um, copper zinc, so far that is mutase. So lead interferes with that. So it interferes with most of these enzymes. It also interferes with what we call the cell circle. The cell circle is an exquisite uh, circle or regulatory mechanism that um, tells a cell how to multiply, when to multiply and all that. So lead interferes with that and most of those stages are um, regulated by zinc. Zinc, okay. And of course, zinc is a component of what you call a tumor suppressor called P53. And that also plays a part. So you find that all this. And now I will sum up with one of the pathways that is most affected by lead, the heme biosynthetic pathway. So fundamental in human biology. 
it is the pathway that leads to the formation of what we call our hemoglobin. And of course, we know how fundamental hemoglobin is to the existence of uh, Human. man and yeah. other uh, animals. So what happens is that there is a pathway which starts with the combination of an intermediate in the carbohydrate metabolic pathway called succinic acid mm. that combines with a very basic amino acid called glycine through the uh, action of an enzyme called um, allosynthase. Then it goes to form what you call porphobalinogen. Then that affects, there's another enzyme, porphobalinogen synthase. Now uh, that leads to another one, so it's what you call uh, porphobalinogen deaminase, which leads to another intermediate called uroporphinogen. The uroporphinogen has about eight carboxylic acids, so you keep removing one at a time. So you have uroporphinogen, the carboxylic. There are different isoforms. You have the, uh, the isoform 3, you have the isoform 1, but it's the isoform 3 that develops to ultimately to form hemoglobin. So you have uroporphinogen, the carboxylic, the carboxylic, and then of course it comes to copoporphinogen. So copoporphinogen now is uh, oxidized through the action of what you call porphyrogen oxidase. Mm. And it goes to an isoform called protoporphyrin-9. Where another enzyme called ferroclate is now as ion. So you can see where how ion comes in, then forms what we call protoporphyrin after oxidation. And now you are, uh, incorporate a protein called globin. That is how you have hemoglobin. Okay. And most of these enzymes, uh, allied uh, uh synthase, of course, most of the uroporphinogen, uh, the carboxylase, then copoporphinogen oxidase are inhibited or inactivated by lead, impairing that pathway. And that's why one of the early manifestations of lead poisoning is, of course, anemia. You know? Then some of those intermediates are also harmful. They are some of the intermediates that also act as free radicals. And of course, those ones can also damage a number of uh, tissues. Mm -hmm. So these are the ways. So you find that lead now displaces calcium in many of the sites where it ought to function physiologically. Uh, is it neurochemistry? Is it signaling? Is it transduction? So all these are largely what account for the uh, adverse effects of lead. lead. Mm -hmm. And of course, no level of lead is considered physiological. That is the ideal level of lead in the body is zero. You know? Actually, in the past, it was believed that a 60 micrograms per DL was considered safe. A number of uh, advances in research showed that, no, it was harmful. Mm. Then it dropped to about uh, 40 uh, to 25 uh, to 15 to 10, now to mm. 5, and in some cases, less than 2 micrograms per DL. So, no right. level of lead is safe. Safe. All right, this is the Incaba Science Show right here on the Beat 97.9 FM. You can still call 0700-1979 if you have any question from expert in the studio. So, we've talked about the mode of operation and we've also identified the fact that it is with us whether or not we like it. Everywhere. So, let's now look at how to stay safe because it's very powerful. Yes. It affects the body on different forms. Yes. So, I mean, how do we stay safe? How do we get protected from this? Even though it's around us, we cannot yes. live without it. Yes, that's mm. right. Thank you very much. Ideally, and this is very important uh, as a public health message and to the, uh, to the government, mm. many people take regulatory measures. 
Um, the removal of lead, for instance, from petrol was as a result of studies that did not emanate from Nigeria. I think it was sponsored by the World Bank. Um, after it had been shown to be beneficial when removed from petrol in other countries, particularly the United States and United Kingdom, Germany, Sweden, and uh, many other countries. For instance, when it was removed from petrol uh, in America, when it was decreased to about 34% of what it normally was, they found that the lead level in most of the population dropped by 55%. And further uh, reduction showed corresponding reduction, showing that the release of lead from petrol during combustion uh, was a significant contribution to the lead level in it. So there was a regulation, you know, that this, this, and that. And I think by 1980 or 97, they had completely eliminated lead. So the regulatory bodies have a role to play. Yes, the regulatory policy has a role to play. Very, very important. Mm. In Nigeria, we used to have what is called EPA, Environmental Protection Agency. Sorry, FEPA, Federal Environmental Protection Agency. Now they have Ministry of uh, the Environment. I don't know how effective. In the United States, you have what you call EPA, Environmental Protection Agency of the United States. It's actually the leading body in the whole world. And they put regulation in place. This must be this. In uh, work environment, this should be this. And also regulation. Then, of course, individuals. Individuals, yes. We just said removal from uh, uh, petrol. Paint is also a major source. In fact, I read a, a depressing story where it was said that the two leading countries where you have the highest level of lead in their paint or paints manuf manufactured in their country are Nigeria and Cameroon. You know? Yeah. Of course, it is known that lead-containing paint is resistant to corrosion. So that's uh, a, 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 an attraction for putting a lot of lead but we have to consider, you know. So we can take a decision, for instance, that most of the paint used within the interior should not contain lead, you know. Then dispose of materials properly. I just said that it's widely employed in the manufacture of battery. Mm. And battery cases are thrown everywhere. People set them ablaze. So there has to be regulation, you know. So proper disposal policy and proper management. You know, even in the materials we use, I just mentioned pigment, paint, plastics, and what have you. You know, we have to make sure that, if possible, substitute lead for, uh, with other things that can also give you uh, maybe useful toys, useful pigment, uh, prints, and what have you. Mm. So these are ways, you know, to eliminate lead. And when an individual is affected, one of the first things is to identify the source. And of course, you try to remove it where possible. Hopefully, I will get back to how we can protect ourselves, which somebody initially... Um, yes, we can get back said, there now. Yes, yes, we can get back there now. Let's get back there now. Well, unfortunately, in our country, regulatory measures are very poor. So we cannot rely on the fact that regulation will protect us. Therefore, my admonition is that individuals should fortify themselves by ensuring that their nutrition is optimum. A number of studies have shown that, particularly in children, that individuals whose iron level is low, that of calcium is low, that of zinc is low, they are more susceptible to, lead, to the toxic effect of lead. lead okay. 
so we can ensure that we have optimum amount of this in our diet of course i also mentioned vitamin c there was an interesting study we uh, conducted years back <clears throat> and it was also confirmed in india for instance you know that mechanics the welders they release a lot of uh, uh, fume that contain lead yes but it's mixed metal because some of them also contain uh, alloys you know that have zinc and interestingly many of them had very high lead levels but they did not go down with symptoms because the alloy was thank you so what we found complementing you know, zinc yes protected. yes yes so it was found that even though they had very high lead levels they also had high zinc level which protected them against the metabolic effect of uh, lead because we often say when a situation is uh, it's a poison mm, a poison state it can be clinical it can be metabolic metabolic uh, biochemical changes or abnormality that you uh, already exist but may not manifest but something can trigger that will lead to mm. a clinical state or manifestation of a toxic state so nutritional modulation in fact this is the theme of my research you know using nutrition to mitigate the adverse effects of lead so inadequate intake of iron calcium, calcium. because lead tries to uh, displace uh, calcium then of course zinc and i mentioned the uh, uh, ascorbic acid okay so vitamin it, D. It, it, is it possible for one to just want to um find out is our lead level without um falling sick like because what the examples you've g- g- yes. given now are people that who f- they fell sick yes. and in course of the whole investigation they decided to Great check question. their lead level Great should we question. go and check our lead level you can you can do that but let me just tell you that yes. unfortunately and this is i'm very i told you about what happened in zanfara and it was believed that there were no experts who could uh, check find out what was happening Sir, okay for many toxicants, including lead, the uh, methods of detection are be sophisticated to pick exactly what is happening. And that we don't have in place. Oh. Unfortunately. But there are other ways, simple things you can do. Where we have some places now, but it's not routine. You know, you can come and say you want to check. You can't come into UCH now and say you want to check, check lead level. And they will do that for you. But there are other ways. You can look, for instance, at what you call data manolevinic acid in your urine. We can check copropurphrin uh, in urine. And, and you'll you be able to look, determine yes, from that. You can look at the, uh, what you call hematologic effect. That is using biomarkers. They have, the lead affects some constituents in the body uh, that can then be altered. And detecting them will tell you that, oh, for instance, your hemoglobin level is low. Uh, what you call pack cell volume level is low. Then you have what you call basophilic stippling. Basophilic stippling are uh, constituents that arise as a result of a disruption by lead in the usual maturation process mm. in the mitochondria. And then you have RNA remnants and you see them in the rest. So those ones, but those you can only pick them in um, severe cases. Then we have what you call zinc uh, erythrocyte protoporphyrin or the boy you can actually measure lead only that at the moment is not routine routine okay. and it's one of the things hopefully in another four years or so i should be buying out of the system but one of my results is to see if we can put a system in place the last vice chancellor incidentally professor adewale attempted to put something in place but there were problems the funding organization eventually said they couldn't give us money i hope we'll be able to Okay. do that with time but we can measure in some research lab there's a place in you i call 
multi discipline central research lab where you can go there but this is a research thing not uh, as a routine diagnostic the procedure this is something that hurts uh, uh, me mm. you know Thank you very much, Professor Jonah Nato. Uh, it hurts me that we have to end the show right now because it's been highly informative with you. I like all of the examples uh, that you gave to to um, you know spice, spice up uh, the the conversation. We appreciate you. We've been discussing why lead is so toxic with Professor Jonah Nato, head of the Department Chemical Pathology College of Medicine, hearing about listening to a pre broadcast of this episode, uh, five p.m. this Thursday, and join us again next Monday for another edition of the Inkaba Science Show. My name is Alon Tobias. Bye for now. <laughs>